He's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Although, he's had a four and two threes on this hole. He's going to be at least three shots ahead. Hello, bro. How you doing? We're back for another week of chat. Chat about golf. Hello. Sorry, bro. Just one what? second. Just I'm just on the phone. Just wait. Yeah. Hi. I'd like to report a missing person, please. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Keith Pelly. He's 59 years of age. Yeah. Yeah. He's got grey hair. Um, notable features, um, multicolored glasses, uh, sometimes blue, sometimes red. Yeah, it is uncharacteristic, actually. He's, he's got a high profile job and just hasn't been at work. We haven't. No. Yeah. So, yeah, he hasn't been at work. There's been nothing heard from him at all. He was last seen. Yeah. Yeah. He was last seen in Florida um, at his friend's bedside, I believe. But yeah, it hasn't been. I just we're just worried, just general concern from the public, um, and that's it. Really, just like that's filed. Yeah. Okay. Super. That's great. All right. We look forward to your feedback. Thank you very much for all your help. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye. 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 Hi, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. What have you been doing? Oh, just I'm just concerned. Just a concerned member of public, really. Just um, good you know, citizen. We need, Oh God, yeah. We just we need the golf being run properly. I'm just making sure that he's found safe and he can get back and do his bloody job. Right. Um <laughs> we got lots to talk about, bro. Um, as always. But we're gonna keep this punchy this week. Um because we don't want to bore people, as usual. And um, if anyone knows us, that happens quite regularly. So yeah, let's get on to the senior open. Yeah, well, I always do. Um talk to myself, actually. Senior open, Royal Paul call um wales now we were talking about last week about wales not really having any tournaments um well not having any tournaments on the on the main tours but they really had the chance to shine and the weather did its utmost to try and stop that shining light of talent senior talent on the golfing circuit it, it was absolutely brutal bro oh it was brutal more than brutal it was double brutal it was yeah, like a scene out of a film. It was brutal. It was the weather was absolutely chaotic. And I tell you what, how some of those players scored. Let's just say one straight up. Why E Yang shot even par in that final round? How the hell, right? Did he do that when the average for the for the top thirty in ties in that final round, the average was seventy seven point four six, and he shot even par. I mean, that's absolutely unbelievable conditions. It was a war of attrition, without a shadow mate, of a doubt. Mate, the the range of scores it was literally yin and yang. It was, <laughs> it was yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Now I got a bit of abuse um, on social media, and, and rightly so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, do you know what? One thing I always do is I'll stand up and I'll say, actually. It's not a bad take. It's not a bad opinion. It's just my opinion. Um, and, and I stand okay. by it. I stand by it. Okay, so here it is for those listening. I put on Twitter, you know, all the discussions regarding Padraig Harrington, um, Ryder Cup prospect for Luke Donald's team, um, Marco Simone. And I said, look, come on. He is just 
failed to beat Alex Checker and he's only beaten Philip Price and Philip Archer. No disrespect to those guys, but, you know, it's everyone's pushing on a little bit. Padre Carrington has been playing well. He's been playing well on the senior tour. He's been playing well on the normal tours. But my point, and here it is, now all the golfers had to play in the same weather conditions. And I, I, I get it. It was completely and utterly brutal and quite subjective to say that a European tour pro, currently let's say an Adrian Moronk or Larafa Bell or someone like that, would they have played any better at that tournament under those conditions? Now, you're going to come back in a second with a counter argument, and that's completely fine. This is what it's all about. But my argument is I think they would have played better because everyone's playing the same conditions. Are you turning around to me and saying that Pablo Lorathabal, Adrian Moronk, would be shooting five over in that in those conditions and still only beating Philip Price and Philip Archer by a couple of shots? I don't know. If it was completely normal conditions, everyone would say it's a level playing field and they would absolutely get thrashed by those players. So here we have it. Did Harrington have a bad week or were the conditions so brutal that it just brought everybody together? I, right. OK, so so here's my issue with it. And you said I was going to come back and I am. Right. And I know right. you know, but, but this is what debate is all about. Right. Is. You cannot draw a comparison to players, you know, playing on the seniors tour plus 50 years of age and Harrington for one. The only reason we're having the conversation about Harrington is because a load of people have been banging on about whether he should be making the Ryder Cup, right? He he will not play Ryder Cup. I, I don't think he should play Ryder Cup. You were calling for it a couple of weeks ago. I kind of knocked it down. But I don't, the issue I've got is you cannot draw a comparison in conditions like that against players like Moronk and others and stuff that you think may make the Ryder Cup team. And and here's the reason why is go back to Carnoustie years ago when Tiger Woods shot in the 80s in the Open, right? Is that any player can shoot a bad score in that kind of weather. It's all relative, right? And there is no evidence at all to suggest that a Moronk or a McIntyre or a Arberg or a somebody else, a Justin Rose, would have shot a better score than 75 only four over par than what Harrington did in that last round on Sunday. And let's not forget, he was in a playoff. He was in a playoff. And your point is, obviously, yes, he's in a playoff, but he's playing the likes of PJ Singh and Philip Archer and Philip Price and stuff. But you can only play against the field that's in front of you. There is, I, I'm pretty sure that Adrian Moronk, the way that he strikes the ball, the way that he hits it, would have struggled significantly more in those conditions than the likes of a Padre Carrington. However, it's still not Ryder Cup form for me. All right. So, uh, and that's my, that's my argument. That's my counter argument. Well, I, ju I just think I, I'll come back and say I didn't call. I wasn't calling for Padre Carrington to be on the team. What I said is that a discussion needs to take place because. He was playing okay. Scottish Open, he was coming into the Open at Hoylake. And there was that discussion that needed to be had. But I just found last week that, I, I don't know, it, it, perhaps, yeah, perhaps you, you're dead right. You probably are right. Probably 99.9% .9 right. And I'm completely way off charts. But I just can't see in any land, shape, form, 
that Padraig Harrington can now be thought of as a pick when you, and this is, again, I'm not being disrespectful for Philip Price. I love Philip Price and I've lost a lot of money on the fellow when he was on the European tour. <laughs> um, but I am, I, when you're just beating VJ Singh, you're getting beat by Alex Checker in a playoff. You know, he played some terrible shots, those duff shots, those duff chips that pretty much ruined it for him. I thought, let's not forget, I thought he was an absolute shoo-in for him. Yeah, you did. And yeah. He, he, start, yeah. He, started, he started the week off really poorly. I thought he was an absolute shoo-in for it because he was, he's a better ball striker, right? He plays those conditions well, much better than many. Obviously, he's won the Open a few times. And I just thought he would have got himself and shown his class and got away from that field regardless of the weather. Yeah, no, absolutely. Golf betting's crazy, isn't it, bro? Because, you you know, you said it. Harrington was 13-5 to there, thereabouts at the start of the tournament to win. Yet with, I think, 13, 14 holes of the final round to play, I got 9-2 to on him. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? It's You know, and and obviously, yeah, got it because he lost in the playoff. But still, 9-2 to when you're in the hunts and, and he's got a pedigree for playing, you know, on those kind of courses, in that kind of wind, etc. You know, it's, yeah. But listen, let's not take it, take the shine off. the. T- it was a great tournament, a great finish, a t- you know, two-hole playoff. Hats off to Alex Chaker for, you know, kind of getting over the line. But Hats one, off to Alex Checker. Bloody coat off to Alex Checker. He kept on Checker. taking his coat off every time he <laughs> took a shot. Yeah, he's a, unbelievable. I love him. Obviously not comfortable playing in waterproofs. Uh, a bit, you know, uh, a bit like me. I, I don't like playing in waterproofs when I'm playing golf. And certainly not when I'm playing the Wii in the living room. It's like... <laughs> Everyone needs waterproofs when you're weeing in the living room. Oh, right. yeah, exactly. Okay, so that wraps it up. Well done to Alex Checker. Um, tough luck, Padraig Harrington. Um, another another thing that came out, and more so last week, was this Bernard Langer anchoring. Um, mm. It is. It's cheating, isn't it? it, yeah, it yeah. yeah, well, it, it kind of... <laughs> it is because he's not anchoring it to his chest, is he? It's away from his chest. They stopped the anchoring to the chest, didn't they? So he's... He's not got it firmly fixed to his chest, so it's kind of so it's not cheating. In the but confines but of the his rules, hand, it's not. but his hand is is caressing his his left boob like Dolly Parton's underwear. I mean, it is tight to his chest, and he's that something has to be done. And I don't like long putters. Full stop. You know what I mean? Bernard Langer it's... and Dolly Parton in the same sentence. Christ Almighty! Hey, talking of talking of open golf, right? Just quickly, good good golf. The podcasters youtubers on social media a call out to them absolute shameful right they did a they did a piece on at wallacey golf club where they got some clubs oh, from sports you saw Direct. That, did you? i saw that you pointed you sent me the link and i watched it 43 minutes in one of the muppets is dragging his trolley across the green at wallacey golf club now show some damn respects one of the best courses in the country and you're pulling your cart across the green you moron so if anyone listens to this and knows any of those guys, just call them out on that and have a bit of damn respect for the golf course. But anyway, there you go. That's that. Um, right. Talking of respect for golf courses, um, there was a bit of call at the 3M last week and a lot of people shouting out, well, congratulations to Lee Hodges winning it. But um, JT Poston and his decision to go for the green um, from a bad lie and pretty much forfeiting a couple of hundred thousand with loss of position. $260,000. Unbelievable, isn't it? 
Christ, over a decision. Wow. I'm I shocked at that, to be honest with you. But, you know, he didn't have a chance of winning the tournament, did he? Come on, he lost seven shots. I know, but is that mentality that money is not an object to some of these guys, that it's they don't they don't care about dropping 200,000 quid? I don't know. It's a little bit of disdain, isn't it, at the end of the day with, you know, I don't know. I, crazy, crazy decision. And... Oh, it's his decision. It is to make. Obviously, I'm not, you know, he can do whatever he wants on the golf course. I just think if you're his caddy and you're, I don't know, whatever contract he's got, whether he's on 10%, 15% or just a flat rate, but if you're a caddy and he's going for that and you think you could potentially lose $20,000 with that one shot, yeah. I'm talking him out of it. I'm talking him out of it too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about the tournament itself, bro? Do you watch well, any of it? Come on. Look, the, the tournament itself, right? It had a, left a lot to be desired, didn't it? It was, you know, I, I didn't watch a single shot on TV of the 3M Open at all, which is very rare for me in terms of golf because I do like watching my golf, but it just didn't grab me at all. Now, even, you know, I had a few picks and stuff as we did last week. And I think it was only Tony Fee now that was really in the reckoning. But Hodges had kind of run away with it before the final round finish uh, started, rather. But I do just want to call out again. And it's I know we're coming into FedEx Cup playoff season and we are going to get some really good tournaments, quality players in the world playing, you know, some hopefully tougher courses than what we're seeing at the moment. But in terms of the quality of last week's field, I mean, absolutely shocking. Of the 36 players that finished tied 30th, only six of those players were from inside the official World Golf Rankings top 50 and only 13 of them from inside the top 100. That shows the quality of that golf tournament and probably why a lot of people turned off from it. Now, Obviously, the golfers that are playing that tournament not going to have that same opinion because they're trying to break into the top 70 to get into the FedEx St. Jude. So, obviously, yes, it's a golf tournament, but total lack of interest and backed up by the numbers, really, and the quality of the players. It's really, a, you know, Hodges ran away with it, but you would have expected better at Finau. Open, hangover, as well as a few other players, etc., etc. So, yeah, that's probably about enough to say about the 3M Open, I think, from my perspective. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think Stuart Singh obviously made the right decision not to go and play at Royal Porth Court in the Senior Open and try and get a few more points um, on the FedEx ladder. Um, he played, didn't have a bad finish last week, but um, he'll obviously be trying super hard i don't know you're going to get into the fedex in a little while and we're going to be talking about who's on the cusp who needs to perform what they need to do and who surprisingly is missing and taking a bit of a gamble but you're going to get that into a bit later on that was a 3m we don't need to talk about it too much um and obviously we didn't have a dp world tour event to talk about because they're having a three-week break and i have put a few feelers out there to tour players asking for their opinions, because it was meant to be a player-led, uh, player feedback about having a three-week break. And I wanted to find out if certain players were asked or was it then a core group of players at the top that really forced that three-week break? I mean, some players who were in great form at the time wouldn't want that break to come, but it has. Um, so I we're waiting for some messages back. If I get some messages back, I'll stick them out on socials. Um, on Twitter especially, and or is it called X now? Anyway, um, we'll get them on socials and we'll see what they come back with. Right, 
general talking points. There's quite a few, and it surrounds some of the big names in golf. Uh, let's start with the main one, um, I think, which is the news that came out today that Tiger Woods is to be named on the PGA Tour policy board, becoming the sixth player director. He joins the likes of Patrick Cantlay, Charlie Hoffman, Peter Malnati, Rory McIlroy and Webb Simpson. The independent directors remain Chairman Ed Herley, Jimmy Dunn, who obviously we've heard a lot about lately, Mark Flaherty, Flaherty Mary Meeker, and to be announced, um, she is the replacement for Randall Stevenson. And the PJ of America director is there, obviously, with John Lindhart. Now, there were 70, was it 71 players that put um, letters in, worried about how the tour was being managed and how the tour was being run. Now, According to the press release, player leaders join together to uphold the tour's core principles. That's what they want. And they've asked that certain steps be taken immediately. And Monaghan, hands tied, is pretty much backed into a corner right now, has agreed to support the players and their requests. Now, where do you think, bro, where do you think this, you know, Monaghan was seriously lacking strength and power and respect as it was. He's now pretty much had to say, Tiger, come on board, help me out here. Yeah, interesting news, this one, isn't it? It's obviously using the the power of the man who's been in the background for so long throughout this two years of hurt and pain. Um, uh, I mean, you, you told you told me about the news earlier on. I hadn't seen it as I was working so hard today. I just didn't get a chance Aww. to really see anything. But yeah. You know, interesting, you know, he came out and said he's honoured to represent the players of the PGA Tour. It's a critical point in the Tour's sort of um, history and going forward and stuff. So calling in the big guns uh, in, in terms of trying to do something. Yeah, very interesting. Now, there was there was talk about what Tiger could bring. Obviously, we've got the, the golf simulation that'll be starting. And he was someone that had that historic, you know, amount of cuts he made on tour, you know, record. And obviously there was talk about these no cut events and with Tiger loving the cut so much, do you think it's something that he could come on and say, well, actually we still need to keep the cuts or will he really push forward with these elite events using his power and his influence even more than he had to come out and say, look, let's, let's make these events the best ever and keep being a rival to Pips live because we've had, you're going to talk about Ram in a, in a sec, talking about Liv, you know, is going to continue. Might not be his cup of tea. But anyway, what is Tiger going to bring to this apart from the voice? Interesting one, bro. Um, I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that one. It'd be interesting to see how sort of time shapes out. But, you know, as they announced, you know, a day after dozens and dozens of players have written to Jay Monaghan, insisting on you know significant levels of overhauls in terms of their program their plan going forwards you know tiger could quite easily come in and really look and review some of those um you know overhauls and, and decisions and stuff and that could be one of them yeah i mean you know that kind of the cut is an interesting one and is a mainstay of pga tour events isn't it and and I think, you know, when they decided that they were going to take that away, it was only in reaction to live and obviously with the money, of course. But yeah, so that could be one thing that, that gets kind of rescinded. 
I don't know. Do you don't think know. he's? Do you think he's going to be involved with negotiations? Obviously, this framework agreement <laughs> that's on there, and, and Monaghan is trying to restore lost trust and confidence. He's no Jimmy Dunn, is he? He's no Jimmy but, Dunn. But will Tiger be part of that? Will he have an even greater influence? Will he sit in on negotiations as they try to shape this um, framework and see how the tour can work together? with the other tours. I, I find it so intriguing. I know it's only come out today and it's hard to grasp, but, you know, more will come out, obviously, going forward. And I'm sure we'll hear Tiger's voice, unlike Pelly's voice, uh, which we can't hear. But anyway, <laughs> let's get on to John Rahm. John Rahm was, um, there was an interview he did, and it's in Spanish, and we've been taking, luckily enough, there's a few people on social media that have been able to grab some bits and pieces out there and stick them on the socials that we all can have a look. But tell us about the core argument that Ron was making. Well, the, the core element of it is that, you know, he he's accused the PGA Tour of being the ones that generated the division um, before ultimately getting into bed with the Saudis and and talking, you know, this merger with PIF, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and there's also, you know, so that's the core of it. And, you know, also going as far as saying that, you know, the handling of the commercial aspects of the proposed merger, awful, awful, absolutely awful. And only getting told two minutes before the, the announcement to the globe, to the world, um, you know, and he thought it was an, a joke. So I think he's got to be feeling a little bit upset about someone as high profile as he is in the game of golf and, you know, a face of the PGA Tour of really being blindsided as well. You know, maybe not so much, well, probably more than Rory, to be honest. I think Rory knew bits and pieces as it was coming along. But, you know, it seems like Ram knew absolutely nothing. And he's really hurt by that. So that's the main theme of, you know, his interview and his article and, you know, kind of he's laughed off the, the rumours that he could switch over to live. I, I don't think that's going to happen now. But he sincerely wants there to be an agreement and an agreement quick in terms of getting world golf back on a level platform, stability and moving forwards and everybody being in harmony repeating pretty much the words of what I said a few weeks ago and stuff, you know, peace, love and harmony. And and that's all, you know, John, John Brown's a lover. He's not a fighter. And that's what he wants in the game of golf. That's great. You say love and harmony. That was very different to what Lefty's come out and said. Yeah, Lefty. I'll tell you what, he loves igniting that fire, doesn't he? You know, he's come out again this week or was it over the weekend and saying that, you know, nobody, nobody that has moved over to live will ever consider playing the PGA Tour again. That is a very, very bold statement from Lefty. Let's let's not forget, Lefty was pretty much the one that was the architect of all of this breakup, you know, being the face of moving to live, live golf and calling out, you know, what PGA Tour had done over the years in terms of not investing in the product in the players in the talent so again he's very much up there isn't he lefty he's not just going to slide away and just you know just play average golf like he's been playing all this season he's still going to have his say and that's what lefty's been coming out with this week as well well live golfers you look at the vice captains now on team usa for the Ryder cup and unless you actually get in there on the points list which is pretty much brooks on his own as it stands He's they're not going to pick any live golfers, but you know, the, the addition of 
Stuart Sink as a vice captain alongside Couples, Furick, Davis Love III and Steve Stricker behind Zachary Johnson as the skipper. Um, there's but that, not going to be any... interesting, bro, though, isn't it? I'm oh, sorry. I, I'm, I'm a little bit passionate about this because Zach Johnson was saying pretty much the opposite a few weeks ago, wasn't he? He was saying there was a chance. Yeah, so... but do you, think, do you think with the likes of Davis Love has been so vocal, Stuart Sink, Fred Couples have been so vocal, do you think there's now any chance that could happen, regardless of Zach being the skipper? Do you think his vice captains are going to turn around and say, yeah, actually, Zach, invite Taylor Gooch, invite Dustin Johnson. They ain't going to do it. And I think the only way a live golfer will get on any team in the Ryder Cup is if it's forced because of Brooks's points. Well, yeah, yeah, but, maybe, maybe, yeah, points, merit and stuff. However, it's, yeah, they're, they're certainly hunkering down, aren't they, in terms of the old guard and the ones that seem to be more vocal against Liv. And I, I think it'd be a shame. It'd be a shame for the Ryder Cup. You know, the Ryder Cup is going to be a little bit devoid of talent this year. Um, you know, maybe not talent in terms of what they've actually done on the golf scene this year and stuff, but you know, talent in terms of Ryder Cup pedigree and Ryder Cup fight, and that's what it's all about. I think we're going to miss a little bit of that this year. Well, a Ryder Cup fighter will be fighting this week, seeing as he's on the, on the, on the cusp of missing out on his first ever FedEx playoffs. Justin Thomas needs a lot of work. Um, other news that I just wanted to talk about was DP World Tour um, announced just recently will take um, two new events in uh, consecutive weeks in October. Both races to Dubai events um, have prize, prize funds of over three million. Excuse me, I've got a fly in my throat. Um, the Australia Dam, the Andalusia Masters, moves to a new venue, um, Rail Club de Golf, Sotto Grande, for the ninth edition of this event. It takes place October 19 to 22, a week after the Open de España presented by Madrid at Club de Campo. Meanwhile, the commercial bank Qatar Masters returns to the Doha Golf Club from October 26th to 29th of the tournament's 26th edition. It will be the last regular event of the season, offering the players a fine opportunity to secure their DP World Tour cards and their race to Dubai ranking and also qualify for the Ned Bank Golf Challenge um, in November, second week of November. But yeah, two new events there. And like I said, three-week break from the DP World Tour is a bit odd and I'm missing it greatly. Um, any other news before we get on to this week's tournaments? Obviously, we have the Wyndham on the PGA Tour and we're at the Old White for Liv Greenbrier, um, West Virginia. So do we have any other issues no, no issues whatsoever. I think they're the general talking points, you know, and kind of what are getting everybody's juices flowing this week in the world of golf. I'll tell you what got my juices flowing before. is Someone mentions the possibility of a nine-hole golf match between Lefty and Bryson. Pass me the tissues. I'm in all week. Well, are you going to be crying? Oh, well, the, yeah, maybe something. I don't know. Anyway, right. Let's um, let's talk about the tournaments. Let's go to the PGA. Let's go to Sedgefield, the Wyndham, where Wyndham Clark is not actually playing. Um, big talk here, bro, is obviously, you know, it's not a it's not the best field in the world. The only reason there are some high profile players, and you're going to get to that in a minute, are because they desperately need those FedEx points. But it is falling down a little bit as the fact that it's the week before 
and a lot of the big names are not bothering because they've qualified and it's just, so the only thing it has going for it is this dilemma of who makes it who doesn't they probably need to make more of that do you not reckon it's you know the final countdown the fedox you're in you're out this is i think this should be a no cut event yeah oh god no i i don't agree i don't think it should be a, a no cut event i think there should be the mad scramble and and people should be playing for their lives to get into that final 70 to reach the fedex um saint jude and you know the top 70 players is what's needed so the bubble it, obviously the bubble used to be 125 didn't it it's now 70 so obviously that's a change this year and you know i, I think we you're right is that the tournament itself is lacking you know the, the world's best golfers playing and naturally so because they're probably resting themselves after you know cross crossing the atlantic playing the open and you know they're going to have 3 weeks as long as they make it to get to east lake and they obviously want to recharge their batteries but nevertheless there's still some decent players that are in the field this week. You know, Siwoo Kim's got a great record. He's ranked 18th in the world. He's playing here this week. Sam Burns, 19th in the world. He's playing. Um, Adam Schenk, you know, well, not in the world, sorry, in the FedEx. Um, 23rd in the FedEx Cup rankings is Adam Schenk. Quite hard to believe, really, isn't it, that that name? Um, you know, but he's not actually won on tour this season. He's had five top 10s, which is what's got him into the top 25 in the FedEx Cup rankings. Quite unbelievable. And he's 47th in the world rankings. But he's playing this week. Denny McCarthy, Chris Kirk, Taylor Moore. Others to name that are in the top 30 currently of the FedEx Cup. But yes, absolutely, it is lacking talent, this golf tournament this week. However, there are a few high-profile names. You've just called out one, Justin Thomas. He's currently 79th in the FedEx Cup rankings needs to get inside the top 70. Needs a big finish this week. Has been playing woefully this season. Was one of my picks last week. I thought he'd do well. He didn't. He missed the cut. Adam Scott, another one. 81st in the FedEx Cup rankings. And Shane Lowry, 76. So three big names currently outside of the bubble and needing to have a really good week here at Sedgefield Country Club. Well, Thomas, Justin Thomas, it's interesting, right? So Thomas, like you said, does need a big week. So in order for him to progress, he needs to finish solo 18th or better. So he needs to finish top 20 to secure his place in the playoffs. And another player who was completely and utterly shocked by the whole FedEx thing and he's missed out was um, young Aske Bartia. He's come out and said... He's in a state of shock that he learned he didn't guarantee a spot in the upcoming playoffs, despite capturing his major, um, his maiden tour title at the Barracuda. Now, the problem with that is that it was a co-sanctioned event. It was a stable foot, and he was playing that week under a special temporary membership, the PGA Tour. So he didn't get any points. Mm. So now he's, where is he, 92nd? He 99th. Actually, he's 99th. He actually, he actually dropped four, yeah. he actually dropped four points. Oh, yeah. seven places. Seven it's places. Unbelievable. Yeah. What about, so other players, you just mentioned, was it Adam Scott, right? Yes. What does Adam Scott need to do he to need, guarantee He, he needs position? to do better than, I mean, you've just said Justin Thomas needs about, what, 50 points? So 50 points there or thereabouts is, 
a top 17 place in this tournament. Well, top, yeah, top 18th or better, Justin. 18th or better. So Adam Scott is about, tw- he's 29 points behind Justin Thomas. So he needs, you know, he's the, a top 10. He, he needs top 10. He needs top 10 easily, Adam Scott, to get into the top 70. And again, you know, Shane Lowry, Shane Lowry's only. 10 points clear of Justin Thomas. So he needs a high finish as well. So, you know, Shane Lowry probably needs a top 23 to get in. And Shane Lowry's played 17 events on the PGA Tour this year and only had one top 10. 17 events, one top 10. That's really hard to fathom with Shane Lowry, a man of his ability, someone who is ranked 30th in the world. It's, yeah, quite astounding, really. So he needs to pull some kind of rabbit out the bag and not give what us... about um what about west ham supporter big man billy billy oh, horschel billy, billy he needs Ho. he needs a, he needs two a better two-way tie for second or better to qualify for the playoffs the man's He's gonna go gonna out this it. week and win yeah but willie i i don't think so i think you know that this course is a an easy go-get course. Um, he's going to be, need to be at the top of his game. I think he had a decent finish last week, didn't he? But is it enough to suggest that he's going to get a second or a win? It's a, I don't. Think well, so. one man who needs to win it is this guy that everyone thinks is going to make the European Cup t- Ryder Cup team is Ludwig Arberg. Um, he's down at his 145th. He needs to win the Wyndham. Any chance? of heading into the playoffs. No and chance. No chance. Right. Okay. So that's the FedEx playoffs. That's the excitement that's coming to the Wyndham. The only excitement that's coming to the Wyndham, um, Sedgefield, this week. Uh, I haven't got any picks, but if you want to talk about the course and give your picks, then fire away, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to the course in a minute. Just one more thing on the FedEx Cup playoffs. So interesting decisions by some players not to play, right? Some players right, taking yeah. a bit of a gamble. Now, a bit of a gamble in the sense that they're probably not going to slip outside the top 70. A call out to Hayden Buckley, currently in 55th. So he's not playing this week. And also Keith Mitchell. I, I didn't see him in the market. He's 57th in the FedEx Cup rankings. Both of those players not playing. So they obviously think, and mathematically, they're probably right. But by not playing, they put themselves in a tougher position to then get inside the top 50, which is obviously the BMW Championships, having played the FedEx St. Jude Championship. So I think there's a bit of a risk by a couple of players not wanting to improve their positions higher up the ladder to make them a bit more certain to qualify for the BMW Championship. Another one is Taylor Montgomery. He's currently in 50th. He's not playing this week. So he obviously thinks, yeah, definitely in with a chance. And I'm going to play well at the FedEx St. Jude and I'm still going to be there and stuff. So definitely some big decisions by a few players not to play this week. And also, I don't know whether there's an injury for Joseph Bramlett, but he doesn't appear to be playing this week. And he's currently 87th, um, only 70 points behind Justin Thomas. So he obviously felt if he's not injured, he obviously felt that he couldn't go and win this week. So he's decided not to play. So a couple of odd decisions there in terms of obviously the big money stakes. So anyway, without further ado, I'll get into Sedgefield Country Club. It's a par 70 yardage, just a shade over 7,100 yards. Only two par fives on this, as you would expect for a par 70. It's another easy tree-lined course. We are going to see an absolute birdie fest 
here this week without a shadow of a doubt. Now, one interesting fact I did want to give you was of the last five years, this tournament has been played at Sedgefield Country Club, right? And we're talking... So if I look at top 30 and ties across those five years of tournaments, right, that is, um, you know, an, a whole lot, I think it's 640 rounds of golf. And only two of those rounds have actually been worse than 72, right? So this, this is a massive sub-70 scoring golf course so we're going to expect loads under par this week in terms of winning the tournament. And there's a load of golfers this week that have got great records here. It's definitely a course where you know past course form is very relevant for this tournament. So you definitely, if you're going to make your own decisions about your picks this week, you definitely need to look at past course form and you definitely need to look at some of those players that are shooting low birdie High, high birdie, low scoring performances. And that's what you need this week for the Wyndham. Um, Brant Snedeker holds the course record 59 in 2018, which actually, funny enough, included a bogey in that round. Would you believe it? A 59 and it included a bogey. So, yeah, very easy course. Only a third of the course has water around it and not many bunkers. So, as you say, throwing darts this week. And that's what we've got. Right. I've got four picks. I'm going to bank on Shane Lowry coming into a bit of form. He loves the FedEx Cup playoffs. He loves the money. He loves the Guinness. He's got to bring something to the course this week. He's 30 to 1, Shane Lowry. So, but probably 30 to 1 for a reason. Like I say, 17 events, only one top 10. He's my first play. JT Poston, we talked about him earlier on, throwing $260,000 out of the window. Final hole decision, madness. He can get it back this week. He's coming into a bit of form. It is JT. He's the imposter, not the real JT, and he's 28 to 1. Third play, KH Lee. Definitely a good player who can shoot low scores. 100 to 1, big price KH Lee this week. And also Sam Burns, final play, 25 to 1, Sammy Burns. But let's not forget, Sung Jae Im and Siwoo Kim are also in the field, and they've got great records here at Sedgefield Country Club. But they're my four plays that I'm going to go into battle with this week. Now, I know you said you haven't got any plays. But having heard that, is there anything that kind of whets your appetite? Any Anybody that's standing out, you're thinking, do you know what, I might have a little nibble on them. I'm just going to do Lowry, KH Lee, JT Poston to Mr. Cut. <laughs> 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 no, it's, you know, I remember this tournament last, last year with Tom Kim. He was on a 69 watch um, oh, after his first... He After rolled his into first the night. station, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he won it well. Won it easy. Five shots. Now, I'm not going to give any picks. I'm not really. Sunjay him. I mean, I remember 63 shot in the first round. Yeah. Like you said, he's got a good, good record um, here. So, yeah. Good luck with your picks, bro. But not for me. I'll be concentrating on the next tournament, which is Liv Greenbrier at the Old White. West Virginia. Brighton to Shambhal. Tippy home. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great tournament. What can you tell us about the old white, bro? 
The old white green briar. Well, what can I tell you about that? It's a par 70, just a shade over 7,200 yards. Actually, a course that ends with a par 3, which is something you don't often see in tournament golf. But it's a, a very interesting finish. Um, Stuart Appleby shot a 59 here in 2010 when he strolled to victory. So we just talked about a 59 for Snedeker at Sedgefield. And we talked about a 59, obviously, just now for the Greenbrier. So could we see a couple of 59s this week on both Kevin tournaments? Ch- Kevin Chappell also shot 59 last year on the old white TPC. Yeah, interesting. But I said it ends with a par three. So does Keen Trace, which was home to the Barbasol as well, also ends with a par three. Interesting concept, that one. But yeah, a few par threes here, which are um, kind of styled around some courses in Scotland. So the uh, the eighth, which is styled after the, is it the Redden or the Reden? I don't know how you actually pronounce that. North Berwick anyway. And the 13th, which is a par four, is uh, designed and shaped Uh, after the hole that's called the Alps at Presswick. And also the par 3 15th is designed after the Eden hole at St. Andrews. So, yeah, so a few sort of holes being designed on courses around uh, holes in Scotland. So interesting fact, that one. But what we do know about this week, obviously it's home to a live event. And we've had two winners. So we had Joaquin Neiman, won this in 2019 when it was on the PGA Tour and it was called a military tribute at the Greenbrier. That was the tournament. The year before that, Kevin Nahr won in 2018. Both of those players now live golf players. So interesting. And not forgetting in 2015 when it was called the Greenbrier Classic, Danny Lee won the tournament. So three of the last four times this has been played has been won by live golfers. So could we see some of those players taking on some of the big boys and playing well at a course that they quite clearly like? Well, you know that we talk about the FedEx playoffs and obviously coming into these last run of events before we head to Miami, it's it's going to be interesting. A lot of players, obviously the, the bottom four that are, are not got long contracts or captains of teams, etc. Um, those guys are going to get relegated. And obviously later on, down the road we can talk about next year's qualifying uh, tournament process it sounds very interesting i'm looking forward to talking about that but you know the likes of burn weisberger jedi morgan gray mcdowell ab answer is a massive surprise to me currently sitting on 10 points he needs a big few tournaments laurie cancer's just above him obviously we know he's going back to dp world tour but you've got you've got players that need some solid results and you look at the top You've got Gooch, Smith, Kepka, Reed, Dustin Johnson. I think it'd be very hard to usurp any of those guys. It'd be hard to stop any of those five winning the outright individual um, series. So it's going to be interesting, but players are fighting for their lives to stay on live. There'll still be, even if they get relegated, there'll still be an opportunity to qualify, like I said, and we'll talk about that going forward. But on the team side of it, as the team start to shuffle and get into place, ready for the knockout series, you know, you've got the aces. We understand that. Aces are flying high. Talk up there. But you've got the likes of Stinger, Crushers, Fireballs. Fireballs are 50-odd points behind the Range Goats, who sit in third, which surprises me, the Range Goats being a third, but they can thank Taylor Gooch for that, obviously. It's going to be great watching this. Ripper, you know, can anybody, any of those lads really help Cam Smith out? It's going to be, it's fascinating coming down this closing stretch 
the individual um, prizes and the team prizes, it's going to change. Miami's going to be a hell of a party. And if I win the lottery between now and Miami, then we are going over there, boy. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in big time. Absolutely, I'm in. Anyway, listen, so there's a few good call-outs there, but, uh, you know, whacking Neiman uh, with Talk A, obviously, you know, he, he won there in 2019, shot 21 under par, obviously over four rounds. This is three rounds. So you can pro-rata that if you want and work it out. But 16-1, to whacking Neiman. I think that's a decent price. He's, he's been playing decent enough golf. I mean, he had a tied 21st in London. Oh, sorry, dare I call it London, in St. Albans slash Hemel Henstead <laughs> slash London. Um, obviously, at the latest uh, event there and stuff. So, you know, and he's had a, a couple of top 10. So he's had three top 10s this season. So still playing decent enough golf and can go back to a course he really does like. So, you know, I've got with three plays this week, actually, in, in the um, singles event. And that's Neiman, DJ and Smith. I'm with you. I I think the cream will come to the top this week. I I think you'll see a big shootout with the top players. Um, Cameron Smith, eight to one, DJ 14 to one big price, DJ that 14 to one. But from a team perspective for me, uh, I'm going to kind of side with talk. A. I think, I think that's who I'm going with this week. Well, I'm, I'm expecting a huge, huge run. I think Cam Smith, He's in, he's in some great form at the moment. Obviously, we saw him at Centurion. But I just think he'll just dominate. And I think he'll dominate for the rest of this live season. I think he's up there. If the Ripper guys can get with him and give him a score, I think they might do the double. They nearly did at Centurion. They could this time. It, it's going to be fascinating. But yeah, Smith, I can't leave Deshambo out. I don't think... Will this course suit him? I know there's been 59s and obviously it's very gettable. There's only three par fives. But, yeah, I think he'll want to come back after his open performance. I didn't think he played completely poorly at Hoylake. I think he had some good moments, a course that he didn't really drive it well. And I think if he gets his driving sorted out, he'll have a lot of opportunities. So, for me, two picks, Cam Smith, Bryson DeChambeau. And team-wise, I think Ripper. I think Ripper will do it. The Rippers, mate. Absolute Rippers. Hey, listen, I just want to quickly go back to the, the Wyndham, just very quickly. Webb Simpson, woefully out of form. 2023 but he's a huge price at 80 to 1 for a guy that clearly loves Sedgefield Country Club so anyway just a quick quick reference back to Webby there if anybody wants to have a, Webby? Have a dabble is on that him. what you call him Webby yeah Webby oh. hey, listen also in the FedEx Cup 15 <laughs> yeah. nationalities inside the top 70 currently 44 from the USA 5 from Canada 5 from England and 4 from South Korea in terms of those top 70 players but 15 nationalities that shows you how Truly global, the PJ Tour is. It is global. Right. I think that's enough, bro, isn't it? I think we bored everyone yeah, long could. enough. Um, yeah. Guys, thanks for joining us again for another episode of Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. Get us on the socials, like us, leave a review if you can on Spotify or Amazon or Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. We'd appreciate that so much. Um, next week, like bro mentioned, we are starting the FedEx playoffs. We're at FedEx St. Jude Championship, Memphis, Tennessee. And obviously, we don't have a um, tournament on the DP World Tour again, do we, next week, bro? No, but maybe they might find Keith Pelly. Yes, but keep on searching, guys, because he is out there. And I will find you. Hey, right. It's been great. Enjoyed it, bro. Till next week. Listeners, till next week. We love you. Have a great week. 
this this really is beyond a joke now. He's he's, he's gone gaga because this is uh, this is quite. I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness.